1 Corinthians 6, verses 19 and 20. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify your, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Well, hello, everyone. I'm Neil Parks. Don't you just know that the Apostle Matthew was a meticulous student of every word that came out of the mouth of Jesus? So as we continue to move on through chapter 25, I can't but think that all of the apostles for that three years of following and living with Jesus, especially after the resurrection, life for them had to be surreal. Now, 2,000 years later, I am so enamored with how God's Word is still living and powerful for us as well. One of the first things I learned living with my grandparents was how to work. My favorite job on the farm was to hop on the tractor and plow the fields that we would prepare for the seeding of our next crops. So with that said, we're going to just keep plowing through Matthew chapter 25 with these parables. Now, we've been talking about the ten virgins, and I really believe the ten virgins have a lot in common with the three servants with their talents when it comes to listening and obeying especially. where Whether it comes to keeping the lamp full of oil or being useful with the gifts of God— has given us to glorify him with. Jesus is teaching the disciples that the day is coming when every knee will bow. Now I want to read just a little bit here uh, from John Gill, the great commentator. He had an expository of Matthew 25, 16, and 17. Let me just kind of dive in here. Uh, verse 16, Then he that had receiveth the five talents. Now, such servants went according to their commission, preached the gospel to every creature, and administered the ordinances to proper subjects. They went directly as soon as they had their talents. They did not stay to consult with the flesh and blood, whether it would be for their interest and credit or not. They did not stick at any difficulties and discouragements, nor were deterred by the cross, reproaches, and persecutions. But they went forth with courage and boldness, not in their own name and strength, but in the name of the, and strength of Christ who sent them and promised them his presence and assistance on which they depended. Scripture goes on and says, and he traded with the same, with the five talents or their ministerial gifts. 
the ministers of the gospel were traitors, not in their own name nor on their own stock and for themselves, but for Christ. And for the good of the immortal souls, they closely attended unto and worked at their businesses and employment by constant reading and diligent search into the Word of God, by studious meditation on it, by frequent prayer and continual preaching of the gospel and administering ordinances, and their successes followed them. Scripture says, and made them and made the uh, five into five more. That is, increased in spiritual knowledge. Gifts were improved and enlarged. Greater stock of divine things were laid in, and many souls gained to Christ. Such are they whom Christ has ordained to go forth and bear and bring fruit in their ministry and whose fruit remained. Now, the description of this first servant, he was on it. The minute that the master gave him his talents, he's out the door. And likewise, he that receiveth two talents or a lesser measure of ministerial gifts, he also gained uh, another two. He worked and labored and traded in proportion to the gifts he had received, and his improvements and successes under a divine blessing were answerable. But he that received one talent or the least degree of gifts for the ministry of the word. He's described here in Matthew twenty-five eighteen, went and dug in the earth and hid his Lord's money. Where he buried it, that is, he neglected the gift that was in him. He made no use of it, either to his own advantage or to the good of others and the interest of his Lord. He either never went into the ministry, or if he did, he left it as Demas did, having too great affection for the world. And the things of it he minded earth and earthly things, and employed himself in them and not in his master's work and service. The phrase seems to point out that the earthly-mindedness of the man, his worldly disposition, and his eager pursuit after the things of life, which were the reasons why he disregarded his talent and made no use of his ministerial gifts. He could not deny worldly self, nor leave all to follow Christ, actually. But rather than drop the world, he chose to bury his talent in the world, or the dirt. It was his Lord's money and not his own, and he was accountable to him for it, and should have used it in another manner. 
So in Matthew 25, 19, it says, After a long time, the Lord of these servants come back. But though it may seem long, he will certainly come and stay long to give time to his laborious ministers to exercise all those gifts he had bestowed upon them and to leave slothful ones without excuse. It is not to be inferred from this delay that he will not come. He is not unmindful of his promise or slack concerning it. Though he tarries long, he will not tarry beyond the appointed time. At the end he will come, though it is long at first. And they will be reckoned with, with what talents they received from him, what they had done with them, and what they had gained by them. The things that ministers of the world, I would tell you right now, are that God entrusts us with are things of value. The gospel is a pearl of great price or rich treasure, you may say, that is put into these servants' earthen vessels, or servants right now today, you could say. It is the unsearchable riches of Christ, gifts to be preached, and they are spiritual, and preferable to gifts of nature and providence and souls of men committed to their care are of great worth and esteem with Christ. Nor are any of theirs, but nor are any of theirs, these their own, but Christ. And therefore must, they must give an account of them. This shows both the awfulness and usefulness of the gospel ministry. My listeners, what we've got here may be, if not, if not the definition of purpose for every person that has ever been created on earth. We are vessels left here to be used by the Creator to reach every generation after generation until the door is permanently shut for eternity. Now, as we look through these three servants, the first two took these talents and nothing was going to hold them back. Nothing got in their way. They knew that they were not their own. They knew that these talents were God's talents. These were God's gifts. These were given to them as a sacred thing that God wanted them to bring back to him the glory that he so richly deserves. But the third servant, he couldn't he just couldn't get it figured out as to what he was to do with it, with these gifts. 
Second Peter 3, 8 and 9 says, But, beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as of a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So here's the question that I have for you today. Are you ready to give an account for the gift that you've been entrusted with by God on Judgment Day? I would suggest to you this is a very, very important question. Let me say it again. Are you ready to give an account for the gift or talent that you've been entrusted with by God on Judgment Day? Well, it's a wrap for today. But I'm looking forward to our next time together for our next episode. So let me pray for you. Father God, all these listeners, I just lift up each and every one of them to you. Every listener here today has been created in your image, Lord. You have appointed them. You have gifted them. You have come and died for them. You paid the debt that no one can pay back. You've died for the sin of all mankind. Father, so I just lift up our listeners today that this word of God would penetrate into their spirit person. And if they don't know you, Lord, I pray that they would know you. And if they do come to that surrender in their life, I pray that they would hunger and that they would thirst for more of you. As you have gifted them and the Holy Spirit is here to guide and to counsel and to empower them. Father God, I just pray right now for each one of them that they would receive what you have for them. In Jesus' precious, precious name, amen and amen. Until next time, I'm Neil Parks.